Well, I'm terribly frightened by the problem of LSD. Uh, I think there's been a great deal of misinformation. Good people don't smoke marijuana. Don't criticize what you can't understand. There is nothing smart. There is nothing uh, grown up or sophisticated in taking an LSD trip at all. They're just being complete fools. Right, exactly. And that's one of the components of the LSD experience, the understanding that there is no they, there's no other. It is all one. One that would engage in this or indulge in this is just a plain fool. Last time on Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast. Like I've been addicted to opiates since 2003. It broke my ankle, June of 2003, and uh, started with Tramadol, worked its way up to Percocet and Vicodin, and eventually I found myself uh, taking Oxycontin, and uh, yeah. And I was, you know, I was, I was using the tools that I learned in treatment. You know, I was doing all of them. I was going to the meetings, you know, I was meditating, I was doing yoga and something still wasn't right. And that's what I started thinking. I started thinking something ain't right with me. I can't drink. I'm not going to use drugs. I don't know where else to go. Physical dependency on opiates without withdrawal. That's and I started listening to uh, what the guy on the show, what he was talking about, and he was kind of had the same symptoms I had, and I was I could relate to it, and I said I need this, like I I need to try this. I don't know where it is, but I've got to find it. I had to be at this room. I got a number for him and I sent it to him. And next thing you know, I got a call and it was a guy named Anthony. He said, hey, uh, this is Anthony. Your, your family reached out to me. He said, you're down in Costa Rica looking for semi boga. And I said, I am. He said, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to go to this town or this village and you're going to be there at 7.30 at night and the shamans will find you. And I said, okay, I'll be there. So the next night I was in this, I, sm- I found this, I got lost, but I eventually found it. And I was at this, uh, this restaurant and these two people came walking in and I was manic. I need to share that at this point. I was manic. So I was running 110 miles an hour and these two people came walking in, um, a male and a female and they spotted me and they came over and they were just totally chill and just totally cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I'm not talking like chill, like high, you know, that's kind of, was kind of a different chill. It was like this very confident chill. Cool. And um, they introduced themselves and introduced myself and I kind of told them a little bit about myself and they said, uh, would you like to see it? And I said, uh, yeah. And they were inviting me uh, to their wellness center, which was only about uh, three kilometers away. And so uh, I rode with them up there and they showed me around the wellness center and they explained what Iboga is and what it was going to do for me. And they said, you know, you're the perfect candidate like this. We, we strongly believe this will help you.
can you explain a little bit of how they broke down what Iboga could do for you and, and what your, someone in your scenario? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, they said that even with sobriety, your brain is now, it's miswired. Mm. You've got chemicals in your head and they're, they've, you've thrown off their balance. So the, your equilibrium as far as chemicals goes is, is just all fucked up. And it's great that you're sober. It's great that you're off those chemicals, but the chemicals in your head don't know that. And they're not going to rebalance themselves out. They need a, they need a hard reset. Like when, you're, when your router's messed up in your house? This is what the brain looks like under the acute influence of psilocybin or magic mushrooms. The brain sort of is shaken up and sort of rewired, right? So a lot of these regions that before weren't talking to one another are now talking at excess. And so you can kind of think about this as adding a lot of flexibility to your brain and, and resetting your brain. They said it's going to be uncomfortable. It's a ridiculously brutal experience and all, but it's rough. I mean, you're nauseous as fuck. You're dizzy. You know, you can't walk. You can't hardly drink water for, you know, 24 hours. You're on it forever. You know, it is not comfortable and not fun. And it's like, it's intense. But that access to truth, you know, if you're trying to figure something out, unparalleled. And that's kind of, you know, they explain the dosage and the ceremony and my schedule. It was, a, it was a Saturday night when I met him. They said, we'll have you come into the wellness center tomorrow, which is Sunday. On Monday at noon, um, you're going to fast. And then on at 7 o'clock, we're going to have the first fire ceremony. And you'll be dosed at 10 o'clock. And then you'll sleep outside under the in the rainforest, essentially, uh, until 7 o'clock in, in the morning. And that's when your journey occurs from 10 p.m. at dosage until about when the sun comes up, about 7 a.m. And you're going to experience something you've never experienced in your entire life. And then the next day, they said is the most important part. That's called recovery day. Mm. And so at 7 a.m., the shamans come. They, they're staring at you the whole night, by the way. The shamans are amazing. They're the most powerful people on earth. And um, they're just incredible. So what happens is they you get you go to the fire ceremony. You kind of share like you're in therapy, you know, what you're trying to get out of it, what you're, you know, what your questions are. Um, and then the shamans exp explain, you know, the background with Iboga and how they have it. And um, and then it's then they, they give it to you and it's, it comes on a spoon. So they, they reach into this jar with a spoon and they scoop out this 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 powdery substance. And then it's it's the most rotten. I, there's no words to explain. <laughs> See, the thing about it is this. It's so powerful and it's it's such an incredible substance that it has it has to taste like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it is it is the worst substance I have ever put in my mouth. You and just put uh, the powder in your mouth? They dump the powder in your oh, mouth and, and then you swallow it and you're gagging. And they uh, couldn't have at least put it in some water. They, they, they will put it in capsules after you've graduated. Once once you oh, put it in your you mouth, to... they want your body to feel it. Mm, they want your body to understand it or, or you know peel, be able to identify it. Smack in the face. And so that. you, you, you cough, you kind of choke it down. <laughs> good and uh for me i was i was very skeptical i want to throw that out there right away i'm skeptical of everything okay i'm the most skeptical person you ever met oh wait uh, can, I, can i first ask what have you had any other experience with psychedelics or something similar to that previous to that yeah i'll be honest on the show yes i have okay yeah you know, that's one of those things this might come back to bite me in the ass but yeah as a teenager early 20s i've done mushrooms okay i've done acid 
So you understand the effects, but maybe you didn't have some, any sort of spiritual epiphanies or anything during those experiences, or maybe you did. Uh, uh, no, mushrooms and, and acid, th- those are recreational. Sure. That's what they are. They're fun. Okay. You know, you put the dab on your tongue or you eat a couple, you know, caps. And, uh, you know, for the next six hours, you're kind of seeing some visuals that are uh, stimulating. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these mushrooms. We're going to go to the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica where there's no cars. We're going to walk around and have a great time. Maybe three minutes on the way, this car passed us. Just some other car on like a two-lane street passed us. And we laughed so hard at that. And um, so you had a fun time. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, mushrooms and acid were, uh, you know, they were, they, they, I was in college. Aren't we all, yeah. you know, we, we, we sure. gave it a try. We experimented and uh, it wasn't one of those things where I ever became, uh, you know, that I wanted to do mushroom or acid. It was just, I tried it and it was, uh, it was an experience. Okay. But, uh, and, and um, so going into this, being told that it's a psychedelic, obviously I was, I was, uh, like I said, I was skeptical. So I think this is really interesting because I encounter a lot of people who talk as if psychedelics, you can take them and automatically have like a spiritual experience, automatically have your life change in some positive way. And here we have somebody who tried psychedelics sounds like a number of times and they were just interesting, right? They were just fun. And so, I mean, this is just a perfect example of the fact that depending on your set and setting, depending on who you are, you're going to have all sorts of different kinds of experiences. And he doesn't, it sounds like really even classify them as being of, you know, you know, being as powerful as maybe you or I have encountered them to be. Yeah, because definitely in my personal experience, mushrooms and LSD have been extremely profound. I mean, I've never done Iboga, so I, I can't compare, but I can at least say that uh, I've easily had like my top five, like most profound experiences in my life involving those two psychedelics. Another thing that I think is really interesting and important to point out is that his set and setting is so different from college to now. When he was in college, it sounds like he was doing it for fun, doing it out of curiosity with his friends. Now he's at the end of his rope with an unresolvable addiction. And so that set that we talk about when we say set and setting is that mental set and then the physical environment in which you're in, that mental set is so different. He's got an intention to heal. And then that setting, he's seeking out shaman who are trained practitioners in carrying out this work. So totally different set and setting. And that's the thing that we always emphasize anytime we talk about psychedelics is the experience is such a big result of the set and setting. Yeah, I can only imagine like that, that point even just getting to Costa Rica and meeting the shamans under those circumstances, when you're like looking at these people who are, you know, about to give you drugs, except it's in a, in this like very like non-judgmental, non-ego kind of uh, vibe. That's, that's already setting up your, your set. Like that's, that's, you know, aside from the whole intention of wanting to be healed, like when you're, when you're walking into your psychedelic experience with, with this, just this vibe of seriousness, as opposed to, Hey, let's party and get fucked up and see weird things. You're, you're already changing your end result from the get go. So, so that I think is such a good reminder for us to start our psychedelic integration well before we even take the drugs. And I'm going to be honest, I'm the kind of guy that if you're trying to sell me snake oil, 
I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Like that's like, I'm not, I'm not falling for shit. So here I am sitting around this fire ceremony. They're, they're giving me Iboga and about 45 minutes uh, passes. And they start asking us, there's four of us around this fire ceremony. They're being dosed. They ask us, are you guys feeling anything? And I'm sitting there like, no, no, I am not. And the other people are like, yeah, yeah, we are. And so they, they walk over and they help them up and they walk them over to a mattress. That's about, you know, 30 yards away. And I'm sitting there now. I'm starting to get angry. I'm like, really? Came all came the way, all out way down <laughs> here. And you guys are giving me bullshit. Yeah. And uh, so then the two shamans, they, they look at each other and one brings me over another spoonful. Take a spoonful. 45 minutes passes. They say, you feel anything? I said, nope. I said, okay. So now it's going to about uh, one o'clock in the morning and they come back over with another spoonful. There you go. Okay. Now I'm getting real mad. Yeah. I'm like, you think <laughs> I'm some sucker? You think I'm the kind of guy that sits in some church? You're like, hallelujah. The Lord's and Savior's in front of you. I don't fall for that shit. I want to see the real, real. I'm the kind of guy that I got to see it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be real. I got to see it. And um, all of a sudden, the two shamans look at each other again. And I can see the glow from the fire. And one shaman looks at the other shaman and says, I think he's one. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so he comes walking back over with a capsule. And he says to me, this is T.A. So T.A. goes, yeah, you're going to feel this. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck so, was that? What's TA? TA is, um, it's basically, uh, well, you guys, I don't smoke weed, but I know about weed, and I'm sure you guys know about weed, where you've got regular marijuana, and then you've got dabs. And dabs are like pure, straight THC. Sure. So TA is basically the same thing, where it's just, it's they take all, all the strong shit and leave okay. all the weak shit behind. All right. And uh, so now it's about 45 minutes. Like I said, it's, it's like the wee hours of the morning. And, uh, I am upset to say the least and I'm trying to be understanding and I'm trying to be open but I'm like these guys have been over on their mattresses for like three hours and I'm still sitting here and uh, so Stephen uh, there's there's Gary and there's Stephen and Levi these are all shamans I'd love to have on the show eventually um, definitely Stephen uh, says Brock you uh, do you understand how powerful fire is and I was like Oh, let's get into more of this weird shit. <laughs> you guys aren't selling me on nothing now, okay? And he just goes, he goes, you know, fire is very powerful. He goes, it's very damaging, and it can be a very positive thing. You know, it'll it'll fuel your car, and at the same time, it'll burn down your house. And um, it's one of the s- strongest spirits. And I gotta be honest, at this point, I'm like, spirits? Yeah. <laughs> You guys are cr- you're not crazy. You guys are crazy. I love you, but you're crazy. You know, like, <laughs> just like, okay, we're talking about spirits now. Wonderful. And uh, he goes, I want you to look at the fire, and I want you to talk to the to this to the fire spirit. I want you to introduce yourself first. I want you to say your dad's full name, and then your mom's full name, and then your full name. And I just want you to kind of say hi. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm I flew all the way down here. I'm gonna be open, but this is this is bullshit. But here we go. I said my dad's full name, my mom's full name, and then my full name. And I kind of sat back and just kind of stared at it. And then something incredible happened. I saw a man dancing around in the fire, like a fire gnome. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I started feeling something. Not just seeing it, but feeling my body started to feel uh, disconnected from itself. Kind of like if you were to take the engine out of your car. 
you can you can you can shut the hood and you can look at your car and the car's still there but the engine's gone and i was like what is happening what what's going on here and um i looked up at him i said i think i'm feeling something <laughs> and i said we'll help you to your you know to your mattress so they walked me over the mattress and they uh laid me down and the next five hours were uh absolutely insanity and i mean i learned so much about my body about life about everything in the next five hours and um my first journey was um and that's what's called it's called a journey you're not tripping this ain't fun you're on a journey. Okay. We got to get a little bit detailed you're, about those five hours. You, you uh, so that. so the first five hours were actually they're kind of humorous. I'll, I'll be honest. So what I did is called an autobiographical review. That's the medical cool. term. What I was experiencing and what I was able to do is um, your brain, everything that you're looking at, even this show right now, even as I'm looking at you and you and this board in front of me, it's all being recorded, all of it. And it's going into your brain, which is all it is, is a living hard drive. It's all it is. And so with this autobiographical review, I was able to think of a time as a kid, whether that be 10 years ago or, or 25 years ago, and I can literally go right back to that. So my eyes are shut cool. and my brain is projecting the image onto the back of my eyelids. So I could literally say... Um, riding a bike with my best friend Josh in my dog's lungs. I remember that day. Boom! It's on the back of my eyelids and I'm watching it. So it's all there within us and this is kind of like uh, the Dewey Decimal System uh, where you can go back. Your brain is a DVR. Wow. That's all it is. Exactly. There you go. So here's the funny part. Uh, you're in the middle of, of this journey and you're having DTs, which are, you know, detox. Your, your body is literally... It's it's miserable. Oh, like you're sweating. Oh, oh, you're sweating. You're, you're it's you feel like you're on the verge of death. And that's when I kind of relate it to a, a router when it's bad. You have to disconnect it. You have to unplug it and then plug it back in. So your body right now is kind of basically being disconnected and your spirit is being pulled away from your body. That's what I believe it is. Is okay. is is it's taking your spirit and it's kind of pulling it out of this whatever the hell that we're in. You know, I've got this flesh here. But obviously, before we're born, uh, you know, something, uh, an energy source has to come from somewhere to power this thing that we're in. So I believe, I call it the biological bodysuit. It's, it's what it is. And when we die, that energy source leaves. So it comes and stays with us for our entire lifetime and then it leaves. Well, guess what? They've told you that you don't know what comes after death and you don't know it's in the spirit world. <laughs> guess what? Yeah, we do. <laughs> Maybe you don't. I got Iboga. Yeah. Right. I, I, I know what's out there. You saw it, right? And, yeah. And so... uh I'm sitting there and there's a lot of different um, variables that come into play with a journey. But my first portion was the autobiographical review where I was literally able to remember things. And then it wasn't just a memory. It was actually a visual showing me what that memory was. And I'm talking, it was, you could smell it. You could see it. It was literally like you were there. Awesome. It was crazy. So here's the shitty part. I'm sitting there. I'm throwing up, right? I'm sweating profusely. Uh, my stomach feels like I'm about to shit my pants. You know, it's horrible. But at the same time, like, oh, I can remember everything, can I? <laughs> <laughs> really? And I started getting a boner. Right. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I 
I was having sex <laughs> over and over again. Just and, going back and to and all so those I'm best there, times. And you've got these shamans that are staring at you like they're they're literally staring at you like a statue. There's four of them sitting there, wow. and I'm sitting there with an erection. And I had to remind myself, like, Brock, you flew down to Costa Rica to get a boga, not to have sex with your exes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it every time that I lucid dream, I turn it into a sex dream? Yeah, and so here I got, a, I got, I've got an erection, and I'm puking at the same time, and it was very bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. And so I was finally, okay, Brock, knock it off. Like, what are you in here for? You must be looking for something in your brain. So let's get down to business enough with all that. Cool. So you had like total control over oh, where yeah. you wanted to total, go. Totally. That's, that's amazing. Physical pain the whole time very, as well. Very pain. Wow. Yes. It's, it's, it's miserable. Sure. And uh, it's, I, I guess how I'd explain it is if you ever had like a really severe flu, Oh yeah, yeah. Where you literally feel like you're like on the verge of death, yeah. puking and shitting at the That's same time. That's what you're experiencing. It's like a severe flu. Yeah. What I find so fascinating is that you know, in all of my big trips, when I go to like another realm, I'm in that other realm. You know, mm. I I'm no longer in my body experiencing bodily sensations oh, yeah. even at all. And this is what I've heard from other people as well. So the fact that he's experiencing his life as a DVR, but then simultaneously, it sounds like he's still experiencing those bodily pains really intensely. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, like a super juxtaposition of totally different worlds at the same time. That's that's like a superpower. Like if you could imagine like having the ability to like create images in your mind to like go back in time in your memories, that's like having a superpower. But like apparently this is already in us. Like it just takes a little bit of uh, substance to sort of unlock that ability. You've given yourself you you've chosen to give yourself a severe flu. Yeah. And then you you're also in this crazy mind space that you've never experienced in your life that you're literally kind of watching uh, your life as a movie um, yeah, on demand. Yeah, so, so you you're want. watching your, your life on demand, yep. Yeah. You're like, I'm recalling this, the time I built my, my treehouse as a kid. And then I finally started getting a little more into um, why I was there and why I was where maybe some some of my issues might have come from and um it showed me some stuff and and um you know i i don't really feel comfortable i mean <laughs> it's weird for me to say that because i feel comfortable saying anything but i don't really feel comfortable sharing this on the show but it gave me it gave me a reason why it showed me some things that happened in my childhood um that would would be a reason of why i would feel um maybe damaged Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe a reason why you'd want to fill a void with uh, either fill a void or, or numb yourself. Yeah. And um, that was obviously I didn't know it at the time. But, uh, yeah, it was showing me these images from when I was a kid. And I was like, holy fuck, is that how that situation played out? Like, I kind of remember it. But, whoa, like now that I'm an adult and I look at that in hindsight, like that's that's not the way that that should have happened. Mm. I didn't spark that kind of anger. Like, so yeah, it showed you some stuff and you go, wow, wow. So now I'm laying there and it's showing me this autobiographical review and it's showing me some reasons why there might be an issue with where I'm at as an adult. And, um, and then I went into a different phase of the journey and that one was, uh, one I can't necessarily explain. Um, I went away from the autobiographical review and then I sort of, 
Uh, and just so you know, you're totally present through all this. That's the strange part about this medicine. And what was odd is you're you're always there. You're always totally there. It's not like it's affecting your brain where you're not, um, where you're uncomfortable. Because as soon as I could open my eyes and look around, well, first I would throw up and then I would look around a little bit and I'd be like, okay, I know where I am. I'm at the wellness center here in Guanacaste, Costa Rica. And um, I'm okay. And then, then the, the shaman sitting on the side, they just reassure you like, we got you. We got you, man. I was like, okay, wow. Um, so then I would shut my eyes again. And then when you open them, you would see kind of like lines and trails that would come with uh, a psychedelic, you know, but you're not having fun because you're throwing up. So yeah, you see trails if you wave your hand around and, you know, you look up kind of at the the moon and you can kind of see, uh, you know, um, strobes around it and stuff. But um, that's not where the business is taking place. The business is taking place when you close your eyes. And so you got your eyes closed. And um, next thing you know, it took me, I don't know where. It showed me things I can't explain. I know it wasn't earthly. Mm. And it was kind of like, uh, and what I mean by show you is, I mean, you got your eyes closed and the back of your eyelids are now like a movie screen and it's showing you things. But the things they were showing me, I, uh, I didn't understand. I hadn't seen them before. They weren't, they weren't, they were from a different dimension. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on that. I mean, it was showing me stuff that's very clear, by the way, like blueprints and shit. Like literally you'd see blueprints on the back of your eyelids for stuff that us as humans can't build. We can't construct that even in 2019. And I'm like, what? And I can read blueprints. I build houses, mm -hmm. but I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what are you showing me? And um, then there was different hallucinogenic effects where I felt like I was going through roots on a tree. And then it came out and I was on a, on a, like a leaf and I was seeing like a valley in a, in a place I've never been. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this? And, um, then there was, there was, it was all kinds of crazy stuff like that where, uh, you know, I was in this one where I was on a path and I, and I, and I had to remind you once again, it's all clear. So it's like, you're there. And I was on a path and I kept seeing this, um, vehicle in front of me. It looked like a World War II vehicle and it was just traveling away from me. And every time it kept showing me a different landscape with a different trail and this vehicle kept traveling away from me. And I was like, what, what are you trying to tell me? When we hear Brock there talk about re-experiencing or seeing something that happened to him as a child that, that really made him understand why he had the void, why he felt damaged, why he really was seeking the kind of drugs that he was seeking. Um, it's, it's, it's really something to emphasize or spend a little time on because, so we go through trauma as children and we don't get to process that trauma like he's describing there he he wasn't even aware that that's how it went down i mean that that's as under process as you get you actually had like a false sense of what actually happened and that false sense puts you on a certain path yeah, and, and kids are so vulnerable to that like you just don't know you like when you have a kid's brain how are you supposed to understand like horrible things that happen to you and so <laughs> no wonder so many of us have that issue yeah, and then you move on with the rest of your life, and unless you're, you know, reflecting on your life very often or 
taking psychology classes in which you're really thinking about the role of childhood trauma or how these situations ought to play out in healthy families or something like that, you're not going to make those connections at all. And then you're going to be mystified like he's talked about at the beginning of the episode, right? He found himself at this place where he's totally mystified as to why going to, you know, doing the abstinence, why, you know, going to the, the rehab center, why doing all this wasn't providing him with anything. You know, he still wanted to just go out and rage super hard. Yeah. And so all the while there was something that he, he literally couldn't see that his, his mind had been keeping him from really seeing. Mm. And so I think it's just so important that we really, you know, notice him being vulnerable here and, and sharing with us the fact that he did encounter something in, in that trip that was a childhood pain, was a childhood struggle. And, um, it sounds like it really affected him. Yeah. And, and we don't always think of the healing process as just seeing a memory or just understanding a little bit more about what happened to you. But I think that's actually really the key. I think making those, those neuronal connections from a past memory to, you know, a a higher understanding, uh, like with your adult brain, like an adult understanding those connections. Once you, once you make them, I think that's literally the, the repair process. Your brain is literally repairing neuronal connections that are critical to just getting through those memories, like being able to exist with those memories, but not like be really messed up in life. Yeah. And I mean, we, we talked about integration on our last episode, you know, you know, mm. taking all the parts and making them one whole and sounds like this is a form of integration of that early childhood experience being able to, yeah, like you say, even just access it and reconnect those parts of the psyche. Next time on Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast. So the next day, the shamans, the sun comes up, the shamans now walk you back to your room. And then some of the other things that it was showing me as far as visuals, I was like, okay, I'm starting to piece this stuff together. And uh, I'm just like, oh my God, I get to go on another journey tomorrow night. But the shamans warned me. They said, listen, you never know where you're going to go on a journey. Like You don't know where, where Ivoga is going to take you. And I was like, yeah, all right. So, so it takes me to 88, whatever, you know? Uh, and so uh, they gave it to me and I, I get it and uh, they I start to feel it. And so they lay me down and shit got real dark, real fast. Okay. It was not the same. More to come very soon on Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast with our episode series, Brock the Iboga Badass. Stay tuned. All conversation and information exchanged on the Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice. Nothing on this podcast should supersede or supplement the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although this podcast has medical professionals on it, they are not functioning as so in this environment. The Psychedelic Renaissance Podcast does not encourage the illicit use of illegal substances. We encourage you to think for yourselves. We encourage you to discern all information Presented in this episode. And kids, don't do drugs. But parents, you might want to do your research.